Good morning. How's everybody doing? Wow, that was lively. Um, so Pastor Marvin and Angela send their love. They're in California for a friend's wedding. And uh, from what I know, it went beautifully, and they're having a good time. But this morning, we have a, a special guest speaker. And, uh, and so I want you guys to give a hand for, for Mr. Ricky Rafino. He's going to give the word. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody looks a little uh, well-rested. Got that extra hour. At least most people, unless you have twins. That means you get one extra less hour of sleep. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just, um, what, what a time of worship. What a time of worship. To come in the presence of our King of Majesty. To come into the presence of our King who gave it all on a cross for us. When they were singing, it was just so touching and so reminding of the price that Christ paid for us, for our salvation, for us to be able to come into unity with him. Today's topic is prayer. I love prayer. So what is prayer? Let's get to just the root of things. What is prayer? And I just came up with a few different things. And one I came up with is the foundation of our relationship with God. Our heart's conversation with God. It's the very foundation of how we are in relationship with him. And another thing I put was our communication method with our creator. Both speaking and listening. So a lot of times we do a lot of speaking, telling God, I want, I need, I want, I need, I want. But there's also the importance of listening and taking the time to be still and know what he has to say to us. It's our ability to partner with heaven. It's another nugget I have. Our ability to partner with heaven. God gives access to our earthly bodies through prayer, God gives access to our earthly bodies to impact earth. In other words, for heaven and God's purposes and plans to come through us to be released on earth. So things can come into alignment of what he has to do here. Another word I put is the protocol for the unseen realm of heaven to invade the natural realm. Miracles, signs, wonders. Jesus had an earthly body just as we did. Jesus had to communicate with his heavenly father just as we do. God uses man's cooperation on earth. And that's one thing I hope we all walk away with, including myself, is God needs us. That may sound funny, but God needs you. God needs us. You can look throughout the scriptures and you see where God used Elijah. God used Elijah to stop the rain for years. And then God used Elijah again to speak and let it rain again. God used Moses to split the sea. It took the act and the obedience of a man on earth to put down 
his his rod for that that's that sea to split. God's looking for men and women to use, just like he used Elijah, just like he used Moses, and so forth and so on. Billy Graham, Reinhardt Bonnke, Marvin Poole. God needs people. God needs people so much on earth. In Genesis 1, 26, 27, it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Dominion is rule and authority on earth. God has given us rule and authority on earth. It says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I love that part because you know what? When God cursed the serpent, he made him creep on the earth. And God gave us dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. Again, in Genesis 1.28, it's basically the same thing. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. I just think that's so powerful. That's God chooses us to change things on earth. A lot of times we complain and we murmur and we say, oh, this is not going right. Oh, the world's going to hell. God's saying, do something. Do something. It's up to us. Do something. Another thing I was thinking of is just the position for prayer. So I wrote, we live on earth, but we need to know our access to heaven. Our headquarters, our mother country, <laughs> even in Philippians 3.20, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have dual citizenship. We have earthly citizenship, United States citizenship, but we also, our citizenship resides in heaven, and with citizenship comes rights. Right? With citizenships comes, with citizenship comes rights, the rights of heaven. Hebrews 10.19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, which I was wrecked in worship. I don't know if y'all felt what I felt, but I felt like a front row seat to the, the crucifixion. And, and Christ paid that price for us. He paid that, that price of his precious blood for us. It says, By the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain... That is through his flesh. That is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. But it goes back. It's, it's a new, when I was reading these scriptures, it's a new covenant of his flesh. He tore the veil as a symbol of what he tore, what he opened up. He opened up us entry into heaven. So at the cross, he, he basically had, here's a door, I'm giving you access back to your daddy. I got, you got access back to your daddy. You're free to go, come and go, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through that covenant of his blood, through that covenant of his flesh that we just celebrated so beautifully at communion. Thank you, Angela. 
Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I think sometimes we just kind of timidly go towards God. But God says, come boldly. You're my kid, come boldly. I think about yesterday we're at the house. My son Samuel, seven months old. He's crawling around on the floor. He wasn't paying attention to me. I said something to Emily. I was just like, just having a conversation with Emily. That little sucker turned around. He beelined it for me. He heard my voice, and he was like, he came boldly towards me. And that's how we are to be as sons and daughters of the Most High. I I was in Pastor Marvin's office preparing, and uh, I opened a book of his, and it just said, I thought this was pretty good, because the topic's on prayer, but it says, our personal prayer time is the primary building block for all we can become and all we ever do for God. So we're going to talk about the foundations of prayer. And we celebrate Christ, and he left an example for us. He came to earth in a flesh suit just like we have, but he left an example for us of the greatest way to communicate with his heavenly father, with our heavenly father. I put here, number one, oneness. In John 10, 30, Jesus says, I and the father are one. I and the father are one. The importance of walking in oneness with God, allowing us to be pulled together as one. My wife and I, we were two, and we became one. We're becoming one. It takes a while. <laughs> But we became one. But God yearns for that same relationship, to be one with us, to walk in oneness with. So he wants us to be synchronized. Maybe that's a good way of putting it. He wants us to sync with him, to be in the same harmony with him. Uh, Jesus only said what what the uh, Father taught him to say in John 8. 28, the second part of it says, I say nothing on my own, but only what the Father taught me. So the importance of listening and hearing God. So what is prayer? Prayer is important. The listening part is important, as well as the talking part. He loves to hear from us. But he also has stuff to say to us. Stuff to say to our hearts. And then abiding. Jesus abided the Father. The same thing with us. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For with, without me, you can do nothing. I like to say, but with him, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And I put, Jesus was in communion with the Father to ask the guidance in making decisions. In any decisions in our life, the importance of hearing from heaven. And I was looking at the scriptures. It's Luke 6, 12. And it's in the, the Passion Translation. Ryan, can you pull that up? It says, after this, Jesus went up into the high hills to spend the whole night in prayer to God. The whole night to prayer to God, the Father. At daybreak, he called together all the followers and selected 12 from among them. And he appointed them to be his apostles. 
So you think of that. It's such an important decision. What's going to transform the world? The 12 apostles. And he prayed all night for this decision. I kind of wonder if he prayed all night because he's like, Lord, you sure Judas belongs in this 12? <laughs> I mean, this 11 looked real good right here, but this, this 12th guy, Judas, uh, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I think the father said, yes, because I prophesied it years ago. And it has a purpose in all of this. So again, guidance and direction, abiding, listen. Sink. Be one with God. Uh, another is passion and hunger. This is what I put. Uh, Mark one thirty five says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Again, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. God was, Jesus was passionate to be with his father. Look, I don't like to wake up early. I have to be passionate about something. Some people are passionate about Friday shopping before the day after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Some people are passionate about fishing, and they'll get up early to go fishing. Some people are passionate about work. They wake up. But Jesus was passionate about his daddy's business, about his father's business. I pray we have that same passion. We have that same hunger for him. I think God loves, Pastor Marvin's talking about the uh, five love languages. His is words of affirmation. I think one of the five love languages that God loves is quality time. It's quality time. I'm sure he loves the other ones too. Physical touch. I was thinking about this. We feel the physical touch of God as when we're in worship. But what does he feel? We feel him when we worship him, but what does he feel when we worship him? Think about that. We feel him in worship, but what does he feel when we worship him? And I'm sure he's got a whole lot of love language. I was even thinking acts of service. Words of affirmation, praising him. I was thinking gifts, the, the five love languages. Think about it. With God, though, gifts. What does his heart do when we come and we give a financial gift to support ministry in Iraq that's bringing forth the gospel and setting free Muslims to come become believers and be in freedom? When we bring that gift to him and we lay it at his feet, what do you think that does to his heart? He's like, ah, now we have resources. I can finally get my resources through my people so I can reach those in Baghdad. I can reach those in Mosul and Iraq, Syria, Pakistan. So I think God God likes the five love languages. He's probably got a billion love languages because he is love, but that's all right. Another thing I wanted to talk on is public prayers. One thing I find in the body of Christ is we're, we can be pretty timid. And I know there's a fine line because in, in, the, 
in the scriptures it talks about the hypocrite who stands on the corner and wants everybody to see him pray. I'm not talking about that kind of praying, public praying. I'm talking about simple as a small group, house church, um, altar, uh, prayer events. A lot of people hold, they fear it. They fear to, to pray in front of other people. I, I was that person. I was that person. I can remember being in a small group in Starbucks the first time somebody asked me to pray, and I'm about threw up in my Starbucks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, thank you. And he's looking at me like, I'm like, uh-uh. He's like, I'm like, uh-uh. He's like, so I said something like, Jesus wept. God bless you. <laughs> but little did I know that minute step out in faith would catapult a prayer life I never knew I could have. I think about a few different times. I can think about when I was in Africa. And they put me in front of, I was in Nigeria, and they put me in front of people to speak and pray, and I'm like, no. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, Yes. Yes, Ricky, yes, it's not about you anyway. <laughs> it's not about you anyway. But God moved. There's that little step of faith. And God moved mightily. I can think about after Katrina, there was a huge prayer gathering. My sister Stephanie and my mom were there in New Orleans right after Katrina. And I was asked to be one of the prayer people in the convention center of New Orleans to pray over the city. And I was like, all right, God, this better be you, because it's going to be ugly if it's not. <laughs> I stepped out, and the power of God moved mightily. Can I get a witness? My own mother didn't even, she's like, I didn't even recognize your voice. I didn't even recognize your voice. Because it was the manifested power of God moving through a yielded vessel. He's looking for us all the time. And it's not about us. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, and that's human, might and power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. When we oper operate by his spirit, it's really limitless to what we can do. Again, not by might, not by power, but my spirit, says the Lord. So when we step out in these situations, it's by his spirit. It's by his power. Another topic is intercessory prayer. Again, Jesus is a great model for intercessory prayer. Think about it. In Hebrews 7, 24 to 25, it says, But Jesus permanently hold, holds his priestly office since he lives forever, and will never have a successor, so he is able to, full, to save fully from now throughout eternity everyone who comes to God through him because he lives to pray continually for them. Yes. Jesus <clears throat> excuse me, is the great intercessor. He is the great intercessor. In the scriptures say in Ephesians 5.12, be imitators of God in everything you do. Intercession, we want to imitate him, right? 
We want to walk. I mean, Jesus is the example of how we're supposed to walk on earth. By the power of the Spirit of God. He is the great intercessor. Be imitators of God everything you do. For then you will represent or represent. I like that word. To represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. And I was like, if he sacrificed for us, then we should sacrifice for others. Especially in prayer life and intercession. Beautifully done when we did communion. Angela had no idea what I was speaking, but the lost. Stepping in for the lost. Stepping in for the hurting. So intercessory prayer is a huge thing for us as believers. Again, praying for the lost. Uh, Isaiah 53, 12, the second part says, Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. So it's easy for us sometimes to look at someone's situation and judge them when God's saying, don't judge them, intercede for them. Can I get a Kanye witness? <laughs> Seriously. Who would have thought? Yeah. What if tomorrow's news is Hillary Clinton, baptized in the Holy Ghost, saved? Donald Trump, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know? It's just a reminder of the heart of God. The heart of God is for the transgressor. The heart of God is for, to intercede on behalf of the transgressor. Another thing I was thinking of, it's kind of prayer, but it's a little more than prayer, is stepping in for others when they don't have the strength. You know, early this year was... <laughs> but I had people stepping in and praying. I don't know if we would have made it. I don't. But great people took time to pray. Andy, Renee, <laughs> you know, people in his house. And I don't know what we would have done. I don't know how we would have made it. But it was the grace of God through the prayers of people interceding on our behalf. I didn't, I didn't have faith. I'm just, I'm not going to lie. I was going to go into a story, but I'm not. <laughs> Pray for our leaders is another thing, another important. Talking about intercessory, praying for our leaders. The importance of praying for Pastor Marvin and Angela, Tim, Michelle, Angela, the leadership team. The president. You know, I don't care if you like him or you don't like him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You pray for him. It doesn't matter. You pray for him. So the importance of interceding on, on leadership. And I've, I've found in my life when I've had some bosses I did not like. <laughs> my wife's smiling big because she knows. I could not like him. And I fought it. And God was like, I'm doing something. And I was fighting it, and God's like, I'm doing something. And I'm like, I don't like this. And then he was like, submit. 
I don't even like this person. I'm not submitting to him. Submit. Love him. All right. Now we're still friends. We don't work together anymore. He's not my boss anymore. But we're still friends. I still get to speak life into his life. I got to watch God do stuff in his life. So I think representing God. Another one is prophetic prayer. And I love prophetic prayer. And if you don't know what that means, it's some God will speak to you in certain ways. It could be a quickening in your heart where God puts someone on your heart. It could be a, a flash of a, almost like a picture in your eye's mind. Or sometimes it plays out like a movie. But there have been times where God would just show an image of a small child. And I knew it was a foreign lang- land because they didn't look anything like American, <laughs> and I just pray for him. You know, it's a friend of Emily's. Like that picture just came into me. I'm like, I'm like, why am I? Why is this? And I was like, oh, gotta pray, gotta pray. So seeing the things God wants you to pray. So I I love prophetic prayer because it's it's really praying what's on the heart of God at that time, and He wants to see it manifest. So we're coming into agreement of what he wants to do on earth, and it's usually a now time type situation. Here's another one I like. It's warrior. I'll label it warrior atmospheric shifting prayers. Warrior atmospheric, atmospheric shifting prayers. And I, saw, I found the scripture yesterday. It was Joel 3.10b. It says, let the weak say, I am a warrior. I had the privilege of being in Nigeria. And they had a gentleman in uh, Nigeria. He's, he's passed on. And I went after he passed on. But his name was Benson Itahosa. And he, tra- I mean, amazing things happen in and throughout Africa. He planted over 7,000 churches. That's a little something. He'd have crusades of 100,000 plus people. They had people that literally <clears throat> didn't have eyes. And he prayed, and the slits slit, and then eyeballs popped out. The dead were raised. Healing, miracles, wonders. Amazing. And granted, I got there after he passed. But I got to sit down with this girl, Gail, that was by his side for the crusades and everything. I was like, like, what's the deal? And she said, you know, whenever he flew into a town, whenever he flew into a town, he took authority by the power in the name of Jesus. He would take authority over the atmosphere. He would bond up every demonic principality. And he would release the kingdom of God. I think that's why we don't see. We don't see it. Because we don't do it. We don't see it because we don't do it. There is atmospheric pressure, light and dark. If the people of light don't take authority over the atmosphere of dark we're probably not going to see it. 
and I wrote this. It says, in order to walk in the prayer power we need to, going back to this, we need to know who we are in Christ and know who we belong to. Again, in order to walk in this prayer power, we need to know who we are in Christ and know who we belong to. And I read this quote in this book. I don't even remember what book it was, so I can't quote the book. <laughs> but anyway, it says, As long as the enemy can keep the people of God convinced that they are powerless against the circumstances they face, then their impact on earth will be anemic. As long as the enemy can keep the people of God convinced that they are powerless against the circumstances they face, then their impact in the earth will be anemic. Brian, if you can pull up Ephesians 3.20. Anyone know that verse? How well do we know that verse? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Now to whom to who to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. According to the power at work within who? According to the power, that word power is dynamis. Sound familiar? Dynamite. Dynamis. Means miracle working power. Look at your neighbor and say, you have miracle working power within you. And his name is Jesus <laughs> and the Holy Ghost. Say, you are dynamite. <laughs> you are dynamite. Let me ask you a question. If there's a, a rocky stronghold and they need to blow it up, what do they use? If there's a stronghold in our lives or our neighbor's lives or our brothers and sisters' lives, it's the power of God that resides within us. He's exceedingly due. He's able to, I should say, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Through us. How many, raise of hands, how many think they can go and lay hands on someone and raise them from the dead? Couple. That's what the scriptures say. It's what it says right here. But if you jump down to the next verse, it's an important part about it, because when he does move through you like that, in those miracle signs and wonders, the first part says, to him be the glory. <laughs> to him be the glory. Because he put that power in us. Another nugget I had as I was studying says, the seen realm is the results of the unseen realm being manifested into the seen realm. Again, the seen realm is the results of the unseen realm being manifested into the seen realm. Prayer is the ability to release God's heart, God's kingdom, and God's will into the seen realm from his unseen realm.
Did y'all get that? It's a tongue twister, but it's good. As we've seen this a few places, uh, the day of Pentecost, we're talking about, we're still talking about public prayer. Well, they've been in a room. Actually, Emily and I got to go to the upper room where they say it all happened. It's really not that big. It's kind of, it was pretty cool when we were in Israel. Um, but on Pentecost, it says, this is prayer, power prayer. Talk about atmospheric shifting. Here's, here's one, Acts 1.14. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. And then we see the results in Acts 2, 1 through 3. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, I love that word, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to, to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So as we can see, there's power in coming atmospheric prayers of changing things. Another, it's another time, another prayer group, another prayer, prayer time in New Orleans. And this is just giving testimony of what God's doing and what God can do. Because I think it's important for us to, to, to take the, the cap off and allow God to do whatever God wants to do through us. But it, we had a prayer meeting in New Orleans. And it was probably, I don't know how many people, you remember? It was in a Ponch Training Center, but it was specifically for New Orleans. And one of the key things we prayed against was the murder rate in New Orleans. The key thing we prayed against was the murder rate in New Orleans. The next month, there were two murders in New Orleans. That was in 2015. That was the lowest rate since like 1983 or something. God's given us authority. God's given us power. I will say in that meeting, that meeting was very unified. That meeting was very diversified. And people laid down their agendas. And they seeked God and asked for him to intervene. We have great results from when we did one here in Hammond. It, but you look at these prayer movements. It starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. The Welsh Revival. I love that. The Welsh Revival. God, a man prayed uh, Evan Roberts, he prayed from like, I forget what it was, all night for like a year. His neighbors hated him because he was up and down, walking, praying, making that. His neighbors under him couldn't stand him. But he birthed something through prayer. The Welsh revival touched, I mean, it went over to the nations. There was such a holiness of God. When people would come through that area on a train, they would drop to their knees and they would repent of their sins because the atmosphere had changed by people praying. The holiness of God was now the new atmosphere in that area. It was a big mining culture. They had to retrain the donkeys because they didn't know how to operate without being yelled and cursed at. The barrooms went out of business because people would much rather be in God's presence than the presence of the other spirits. So it was through prayer, though. 
God moved. God wants to move. I think God's always like, come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Just do it. God's yearning to move. He's yearning to move here. He's yearning to move our nation. He's moved. There's places where you see God's hunger. A friend of mine was just in Pakistan. He sent me a video yesterday. Pakistan, 85,000 people in one meeting. Pakistan, one of probably the hardest places to reach. God's up to something. God's moving. Let's participate. Azusa Street was another one. And I love this story because it started with a one-eyed black man who was a son of a slave from central Louisiana. Went to house church with a couple other people, and they started praying. It created one of the largest revivals in our nation. It touched the ends of the globe. It's, it's prayer. Prayer. Keys. Next one is healing and deliverance prayers. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, it says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, dynamis, dynamite, miracle-working power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God has the power to heal our broken bodies. Physically, mentally, demonically. His power can shift our future in one second. Think of the blind man Jesus touched. One second. Well, one guy had to wash his eye a few times, but the guy laying on the mat at the pool of Bethesda. Boom. Healed. The prayer of a righteous man or person has great power. And for those who, this is encouraging for those, this is that public prayer part. Because it takes some gumption, whatever you want to call it, to see somebody with a broken body pray for them. I've seen people healed. And I can tell you, I've prayed for healings. And I didn't see healed. I've prayed for people and I felt power of God, the heat of God. Like, oh, they got healed. 
I prayed for people and felt nothing. I'm like, ooh, that was a dud. Feel sorry for them. And they got healed. It's not really about us, I guess, how we feel. We're going to open up the altar for prayer. But faith without works is dead. So let's pray some atmospheric prayer. It's just that our prayer team can come up. I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, just the atmospheric part of it, you need anything in your body, any brokenness, any healing, deliverance, whatever you need. praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Almighty God. We thank you for what you're doing in this place today. But Father, we thank you more for what you're doing in our nation, what you're doing in our region. Father, we ask you to crush and destroy every demonic stronghold that sits in this nation that sits in the capitals, that sits in our positions in government. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We pray for those in authority. We pray for divine opportunities for them to come and know you. We pray for divine appointments in their lives. We pray, Father, that they will know your voice and they will follow you and they will be led by your Holy Spirit but by the power and authority of your name and by the power and authority of heaven, we crush and destroy every demonic stronghold over this nation. Father, we ask you to continue to move in a mighty way, especially in the entertainment part. And Father, I ask you for just a breakthrough in media. We release the spirit of integrity over media. We release the spirit of integrity over our government. We decree and declare in the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the government of the United States is submitted to the blood of the Lamb, the King above all kings, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move in a mighty wave. A mighty wave. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move in our nation. We ask you to move in these elections. We ask for your purifying water, your living water, Father, to cleanse our land. Father, where people are struggling with things they think are them, but it's strictly just a principality, set those captives free. Remove those fiery darts of the enemy out of their thought life, out of their minds. Those are who are confused of who they are or who you made them to be. Give them truth, Lord. We pray for a baptism of your spirit of truth. Where darkness is masquerading as light, we say be exposed by the true light, Jesus Christ. Now, Father, as Anyone in this place, anyone in this place have sickness in their body?
healed. Every tormenting spirit that is tormenting your saints, we bind you, you evil and foul spirit, and we break your power right now by the power and authority of Jesus Christ, and we release the mind of Christ. We release the peace beyond understanding on your people. We pray that your resurrection power come upon them and resurrect their lives into who you've called them to be, into the purposes. Every fear of man has to go in the name of Jesus. Every intimidation of the enemy has to go in the name of Jesus. He has held your people in bondage for too long. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We release Holy Spirit. Touch your people. We come against anger and fits of rage. We break your power in the name of Jesus. And we release the joy of the Lord. Frustrations have to go in the name of Jesus. Joy of the Lord come in. Just as Michelle preached a few weeks ago, the joy of the Lord is one-third of the kingdom. We release joy on your people. Father, we just ask for your power, your dynamis, your miracle working power. Father, I ask you to ignite prayer lives again. Father, I pray with those flames dim and they're just an ember. I ask your Holy Spirit just blow. Blow on them. Stoke those fires to burn hot again. Jesus, we just invite you to touch each person here. You know each intimate detail of their lives. You know their pain points. You know their hurts. And we're just asking you to touch those spots right now. Heal them, Lord. Heal them, Lord. Heal their broken hearts. Restore fragmented souls. Say, come into one. Father, I ask you to release an anointing, hunger, and a thirst for a prayer life that shifts nations for each of us.